Welcome to the Listener Don't Podcast, a podcast featuring raw, uncut, and unfiltered conversations between two midlife girlfriends sharing their life experiences. Listener don't. Either way, we'll be fine. Well, here we go. Here's the dealio. So Kyra couldn't uh, record this week, so I thought that I would do something a little uh, special for you all. And I brought um, somebody that you've heard about throughout the last, I don't know, 30-ish episodes, my husband, Jeff. So I have invited him to our podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. <laughs> Tell us, what is it that you like about the podcast? Um, it's an interesting conversation. I'm not going to lie and say that I have listened to every single one of them, but I think I've listened to most of them. Um, you and I have been in a relationship for obviously a significant amount of time. And I'm blessed to have a lot of friends, um, whether they're friends that I've known for longer than I know you, mm-hmm. to people that I've just met today, mm-hmm. you know, and whether it's sports related or business related or whatever, I have a lot of people that I chat with. And I routinely tell you about conversations that I have with people. And within about 30 seconds, you will ask me numerous questions about that individual or the individual's life. And they're questions that I can never answer. Mm-hmm. Because they're things that I would never talk about. Mm -hmm. And it always fascinates me listening to your podcast on, you know, if that's truly the dialogue two girls have together. Mm -hmm. And if that's the depth those conversations really go to when two girlfriends are chatting. um, In my experience, it's a level that guys almost never go to. (laughs) Well, and I think it's not every girlfriend, but I think when you have those particular relationships that allow for you to go that deep, I think that that is the conversation. And I would venture to guess that most females want that level of conversation. And I think, I don't want to sit here and pretend like I've never had that level of conversation with any of my friends. Right. And if I'm being totally honest, they're are probably a million times when I've spoke to one of my friends where I know what that potential next logical question could be. Mm-hmm. If that was a tightrope I really wanted to walk on. Mm. And um, I think I walk through the world with the idea if somebody really wants to talk to me about that, they'll talk to me about that. But I ain't looking to have that conversation. Mm, got it. Well, that's funny because we ran into our friend last evening at the Timberwolves game. And she was having, we were having that exact same conversation with her because she was talking about the conversation that her and her husband were having. And she very much echoed what I had said of, oh yeah, we want to know the information. Like we want to go deep. We want to have, we want to have that meaningful conversation. But I think that that's sometimes the difference between males and females as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Well, and you've also, like you said, you haven't maybe listened to all of them, which is fine. Um, and then in the last few episodes, we had Jenny on, Shakira's friend, and now my new friend. Were there three of those or four of them? There was three of those. Yeah, I think I've heard all three of those. Yeah. So we talked about this concept of easy love. And in that conversation, I had brought up how our relationship started and how long our relationship has been going. And Jenny was quite blown away by that. And I think a lot of people are. Somebody, people of our age to be in a relationship for the, what did I figure, 32 years, three decades. I mean, if you really think about that, that's kind of fucking insane since we're both not quite 50 yet. So I broke this down a little bit in thinking about like our relationship over the decades. So when we started this, I was 16, you were 18. 
So if we think about what happened between the ages of 16 to 26 for me and what happened from 18 to 28 with you, like I was finishing high school. I mean, we were dating six years before we got married, but we also got married young, 22 and 24. So in that time frame, we dated, we got married and just started our life together, if you will. Like we had our first apartment. We only lived together for what, a month before we got married? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, about a month. Yeah, because I think we we got married on the first weekend of June, hence we didn't want to have to be able to have maybe, to move in. Maybe a couple months. Remember we lived with your parents for like a month? No, I don't Oh, remember. was that when our house was being that built? That was our house was being okay, built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that, yep, yep. we lived together for a year in an apartment, and then we built our first house together and got a dog. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, at that time, I was still working at Express. You were just getting into your career because you graduated college. Yeah, I mean, like, even when you talk about me graduating college, I was at the end of that. Right. I mean, you're forgetting about almost getting kicked out of college. (laughs) (laughs) Asked to take a little bit of time (laughs) off and then rededicating myself to it and, like, actually graduating. Um, Chicken catching years. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, so there there was a lot that happened in that span. Yeah, of that span of 10 years. I feel like we were coming out of our, finishing up our teenage years. You were going to college. I went to beauty school. I feel like we were also in that time. I feel like it also, though, sort of like set the stage as far as like how we were going to be for our entirety of our relationship. I mean, I think, I mean, this isn't unique to us, but you're figuring a lot out as a human at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, in Let's be honest, you were probably ahead of schedule of where I was at for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. And I'm not just making an excuse, but just being a male, mm-hmm. um, we developed significantly slower. I'm 100% confident in that. <laughs> um, and it was basically just a period of just like figuring out life. Yeah, right. You know, like learning on how to live on your own, mm-hmm. figuring out finances or making terribly bad financial decisions, mm-hmm. just trying to figure all that out. Mm-hmm. So looking at where we were at the beginning of that time mm-hmm. versus where we were at the end yeah. probably represents the biggest change in any of these time periods that we're going to discuss. Yeah, probably. But I also feel like we established sort of this independent slash partnership right because while you were in college I was still living at home I had a few stints where I was not living at home but I also didn't have this need to be involved with the partying college lifestyle I didn't want to be a part of any of that really and for a portion of my era between 16 and 26 I was also after my 21st birthday stopped drinking for six years so I really wasn't a part of your entire college experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's there's growth periods that have yeah. to happen there. Yeah. Okay, whether, whether it was, you know, me using some of that time to kind of like run through some of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the partying stuff or figuring out life, living with a bunch of roommates and friends mm-hmm. and living life on my own, managing school and work. You, know, you were going through all that kind of stuff as well, but you were also pulling yourself away from your family. Yeah. And not necessarily in like a, like pulling away like you weren't part of them anymore. No. But you had a, a, a much different like growing up lifestyle than I did. Yeah. Where it was a little bit, I mean, it was almost a touch military style, the way mm-hmm. your mom ran things. And mm-hmm. you got to a point where as you got older, you're like, well, no, I don't have to do that. Right. Like I can separate, I can make, so I can say no. Right. Like I'm not going right. to spend the Saturday cleaning the house. I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah. You know, so you were learning how to figure out all that stuff yourself. And that's, you know, truly when we, I mean, it's kind of like when we were growing our backbones and figuring Mm -hmm. out who we were going to be as people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. So then I think the funnest thing that I like to remember is 
prior to us getting married, we went on two trips together, Chicago and Florida. Is that right? Am I missing something? Um, no, I think that's it. And then uh, for our honeymoon, we went to Puerto Rico. And you remind me of this all the time because I feel like as we've gotten older and more established in ourselves and in our life, we had taken a catamaran tour and went snorkeling. And on our way back, I was just like, oh man, I hope we get to do this again. And then I think about where we are now. And like when I put together the newsletter that I did for like all of 2023 to see all of the places that we've gone and all of the travel that Mm -hmm. we've done. It just seems like, well, a lifetime ago because it kind of was. I mean, we like you said, we talk about that moment all the time. And it's very vivid in my head because I remember when you said it. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, there's no chance we're not doing this again. Yeah. And for me, it was like one of those moments in my life where like that was my path of what my new life was. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a situation where, you know, God bless her, but my mom didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a single mom, four boys. Mm-hmm. Doing something like that was 1000% out of the question. Yeah. My mom's concerns were more like, how am I going to feed four boys this month? Right. Let alone getting on a plane and going to the ocean somewhere. Right. But in my mind, there was nothing wrong with the way I grew up. Up. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the way that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And I had my mind set at a very early age. That was not the way I was going to live. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what the end game was going to be. Sure. I just knew it wasn't going to be that. Yeah. Mom, I'm always still impressed by your, by your mom and how she made all that happen. And the closeness of the relationship that you have with her and all of the boys all together are very like close knit. Mm-hmm which is always phenomenal. All right, so that's the first 10 years. So then the next 10 years, we sort of move into this 26 to 36 for me, 28 to 38 for you. I mean, we're in our St. Cloud house that we built. We have our dog. We have our fence. We're in a cul-de-sac. We have our friends that we're hanging out with in the back of their yards that we're traveling with. Like we have what most would call the stereotypical Midwest life. I've changed careers. You're still in your same career and marketing but yet we had another big sort of like shift here where we decided to move out of that scenario and we moved to Minneapolis downtown we wanted the whole downtown lifestyle and the moment that we moved in there I just remember thinking oh my god why did we do this sooner and I feel like that just sort of like opened up our world to like all of these possibilities of what could happen next mm-hmm. um what were some significant things for you in that time The move to Minneapolis was the biggest. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, like, breaking the news to friends and family Mm -hmm. that, like, and it basically was like, we might have been moving to Antarctica. Right. Right. Like, and I know the world was different at that time, but it just... Because that was 2007. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was just, it was a, that was the big one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think during that time period, I think that's when, through ups and downs Mm -hmm. in our relationship, Mm -hmm. I think is when our relationship got the most solid. Agreed. And not always for the easiest of reasons. No. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, like, like we, we used that, those for that first chunk of time to figure mm-hmm. out who we were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we were both running with who we were. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of the thing. I kept thinking this when you guys had your podcast, um, the three session podcast, when you kept referring to easy love. Mm-hmm. And I know you weren't, you didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. No. But yeah. I heard it. I heard the term easy love. Mm-hmm. The same way I had people interact with me when I lost a lot of weight. Mm. When people would be like, I would constant, and a lot of times I would hear this from women. Be like, well, you're so lucky that you have a high metabolism. Mm -hmm. Or you're so lucky that you're a male that, you know, you can, you know, lose the weight like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, motherfucker, I work really hard Mm -hmm. to lose this weight. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when I heard the term easy love, and again, I know that wasn't what you guys were implying. No. But those were the decades where like, well, this isn't easy. No. And I, I think back on to it all the time because in, in my head, I'm like, well, it's, it's never really been easy. No. Yeah. And that was Jenny's point. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where she was just like pissed about this like, concept of how Instagram and all these social things and societal things are saying that this is like an easy love, like these easy relationships. And that was my point too, is that it, that's the conversation that it isn't like, this is, this has been three decades of work. And I think my comment is part of this too, because also during this time is I think when we sort of like solidified this fact that we weren't going to have kids. And I think you and I've had this conversation. I've said this before that us not having kids all of a sudden now our relationship is the priority it's the thing that's front and center all the time. Whereas we've seen this with friends of ours where their kids come in and now the kids are the priorities and all of the issues that are happening in the partnership and in the relationship now like get masked, they get avoided and then boom, things explode. Right. So I feel like we're always sort of the blister in the sun, always fully exposed in our relationship. And it's not something that we I mean, we've done it. Yeah, we've hidden things, but we've always opened up and uncovered things as well. But like you said, this was, I think that this decade was probably the hardest decade. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it also, like you said, made us stronger. Because I think in here, this also, did we move to Chicago during this time? It's probably, we we didn't really sit down and break this part out. Yeah. But when did we move to Chicago in 15? 11. Oh, Jesus, I wasn't even close. (laughs) 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 Oh, you know what? I think it was just right at the beginning of that. Yeah, I'm breaking it down now. So, yeah, so I think we were probably, yeah, that's exactly it. So, 2002 to 2012, because we started dating in 1992 when you graduated high school. And we moved to St. Cloud in, what, 2005? I'm sorry, not St. Cloud, but to Minneapolis? Yep, 2007. And then we moved to Chicago in 2011. And we moved to Chicago because of my job and because of Shakira. That was a big part of it. Wanted to be closer to her. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, we had two... Remember that? We almost moved to Orlando. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) I do remember that. We almost bought a lake house, too. Oh, God, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, because prior to moving to Minneapolis, we were looking at lake houses heavily. We looked at, what, 30 of them? Probably more. Yeah. And then we said, uh, fuck it, we're just going to move downtown Minneapolis. Then that's when I met Shakira, when we moved to downtown Minneapolis. And then I got a job offer to move to Chicago, which would have given me a promotion. So I said, yeah, let's do that. And then we're like, well, let's move downtown because that's going to make sense. Mm -hmm. So we did that. While you were in Amsterdam, I moved us to Chicago. Which worked out perfectly, actually. Greatest way to move of all time. (laughs) It actually was. So then we've got 36 to 47, let's say 2012 to the current, right? We're both 36, 38, 47, 49 currently. Um, Yeah, another big move here, moving back to Minneapolis. Yeah, Um, lots of big times here. Yeah. You know, we, right when we moved back, mm-hmm. you were probably right about at your peak of earning or of your corporate earnings. Oh yeah. Phenomenally. Um, oh, so I, I moved back and was able to take on more with a company that I was working on at mm-hmm. while, since I was back, you know, local versus mm-hmm. just working remotely mm-hmm. and was able to take on some leadership roles there and, you know drastically increase my income as Mm -hmm. well so financially Mm -hmm. we were maybe as close to stable as we had ever been at that time in life yeah Yeah, absolutely but honestly probably both of us as miserable 
yeah. as we've ever been. For surely me oh, is yeah. miserable. And I was probably making you miserable as well. I, we were doing really well in Chicago. And then I think when we decided to move back is when things sort of went awry in like 2015-ish. Because that's when we were both just like, meh, I decided like, hey, I'm doing life coaching. I'm getting into yoga teacher training. Like I'm taking like this whole new path. And you're still in corporate realizing that uh, this isn't fucking working anymore and quit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like to say that I was realizing that it wasn't working anymore, but I wasn't. I didn't realize it. It took a conversation with my mom asking me why I was so miserable. Mm -hmm. That happened on a Thursday of Thanksgiving weekend, and I quit my job the following Monday. Yeah, yeah, because your mom doesn't uh, get involved yeah. in our relationship. She never has. She's never been the mother-in-law that's been like, oh, when are you going to have kids? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no. she never, that was never her deal. She never got involved. So when she asks poignant questions like that, there's there's a reason. Yep. So that, yeah. And you had your second hip surgery? By that time, I was probably at surgery number three on that yeah. hip. Yeah, yeah. And I was just doing the math. I think there were seven total. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then I left corporate gig. You helped me start the yoga studio. We've had COVID. Um, sold the yoga studio. You after leaving your corporate gig, took some time to figure out what you wanted to do, became a personal trainer, and then landed your job, like landed your company, started your company. Started my company. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we are today. That's where we are today. Wow. 30 years in a nutshell. Look at that. We got that covered in like, you know, 10, 20 minutes. So like later on, like today, like later on this afternoon, we'll be driving away or walking away from this conversation. We'll be like, oh my God, we never brought up this. <laughs> or that, but you know. I suppose that happens in the span of 30 years. Absolutely. Well, and I think I've talked about this before as far as like, like you've said, it hasn't been easy. What has been, what's the word, what's the words that I want here? What's been your biggest takeaway of the last 30 years of our relationship? Um, I mean, if it fits in a nutshell, like you can choose your nut, like you want a pistachio, yeah. a peanut, or maybe a walnut. What's my biggest takeaway? Yeah. You can have as many. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. This doesn't have to apply to just a relationship mm -hmm. or, uh, the, or this 30 years of yeah. your and I relationship. I think this applies to like a billion different things in your life. If it is worth doing, do it right and go at it with everything you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we've always done that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have, we've had the moments when we've wanted to stab each other in the neck. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we've had moments where we love each other 10 times that strong. Yeah. Right. Okay, but I mean, so every day isn't like bright and rosy, no. but if it's worth it at the end of the day, then it's worth fighting for. Right. And then you do it. Right. And you take the good with the bad, yep. put your nose down, and you push through it. Yeah. yeah. And I, don't, and I don't mean to make it sound like, that kind of makes it sound like he's just fighting through it. That's not the case. <laughs> no, I mean, no. It's, uh, yeah. No, but I think I was having this conversation with our trainer this morning because we were talking about this concept of easy love and how oftentimes we're so, and we had this conversation on the podcast, we're so willing to put that kind of work into friendships, but sometimes when it comes to our significant other, we're not willing to give the same sort of flex with that significant other as we are with our friends. And we were just like, well, why is that? And I don't necessarily know that I have the answer to that, but it's just, I think that there's a expectation sometimes that we put on our partners as far as what we want them, what we think that they should be mm -hmm. and how we want them to show up with us without any sort of conversation. 
I mean, I'm no family dynamic therapist by any means, okay? But, I mean, I I think your significant other lives in this world that's like a weird spot. Mm-hmm. It's not a family member, mm-hmm. and it's not a friend, mm-hmm. you know, because you have a commitment level to that person higher. Sure. Sure. But it's not forced on you like a family member is. Correct. And they're kind of the one person in my life that's mm-hmm. only been one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have more than one that they've had. But right. that relationship, you have to deal with a little bit different than all those other relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it different. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Anything else that you want to talk to our podcasters about? Uh, you want to talk to them about how much you hated me when you first met me? <laughs> I wouldn't hate you. <laughs> I just didn't care for you all that well. And if we're going to be honest, I actually did think about this because I thought you were going to ask me this fucking question. <laughs> this is also what you better 30, have an idea what, this is what 30 years also gets you is that you know exactly what the other person is thinking. It's not that I hated you. I just didn't like you because you called me out on my shit and you went toe to toe with me, which is exactly I think why this has worked for 30 some years is because, A, there's so many pieces of us that haven't changed, and B, there's so much of us that has changed, but those core things of who we are, like just those nuggets that I think that we fell in love with each other back then, and I think that those are the things that continue to keep us together and draw us together. And I think not having that sort of like wit challenging me and just, I mean, I would say keeping me honest, but you know I like to lie. Um, I just think that that's the thing that just sort of like has, you know, made it my worth it, right? Like you had just said, as far as your takeaway, like those are the things, like your key traits and personalities are the reasons that I don't actually stab you in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just the fact that I turned the vibe up a couple notches? <laughs> no, not never. Never <laughs> that whatsoever. Uh, all right. Well, what's your takeaway from this conversation? My takeaway from this conversation? Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, Kyra and I do sometimes as we say, hey, mm. what's the takeaway? So this is a perfect example of one of those in-depth questions that (laughs) I would never ask one of my friends in a billion years. You just said, like, in a relationship, you've got to treat that other person, the significant other, different. What's my takeaway? (sighs) 30 years. What an awesome ride it's been. (laughs) Great. Thanks. Uh, and I think my takeaway is I don't necessarily know that you'll be back, but I feel like our, our listeners are going to very much enjoy this conversation. Well, I hope so. And (laughs) if, uh, you know, if there is an opportunity where I can come back and maybe assist in the podcast in some way. Yeah. Potentially. You can talk to my agent. Talk to your people. That's the world. We're running through that. It's just easier that way. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thanks for listening. And thanks for participating today. Love you. Love you too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks, friend, for tuning in to this episode of the Listener Don't Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if so, please write us a review and share us with your friends. This episode is sponsored by Jill Daler Coaching, here to guide you to discover and recover your authentic self. If you're ready to create and live a fuck yeah life, I'm here for it. Let's connect at jilldaler.com.